0: Welcome to Madison City Channel's Know Your Candidate Interviews, co-sponsored by the League of Women Voters of Dane County. I'm your interviewer, Joy Cardine, and I'd like to introduce TJ Mertz, running for Madison Metropolitan School Board, seat 5. As we begin, I'd like to give you an opportunity for an opening statement as to your educational, vocational, and civic experience that you have, which qualifies you for this office, and why you are running for the Madison Metropolitan School Board.
1: Thank you for the opportunity. Um, I believe that schools and public schools are the best way we can build a better future. At an early age, uh, I participated in the desegregation of schools in Evanston, Illinois, and experienced the power of schools to transform individual lives but also to transform communities. And drawing on that experience, as I... As I um, Became an adult, I studied and did post postgraduate work in history and history of education. And uh, also come from a tradition of community activism and believe that we have an obligation to give back to our community. With my knowledge and skills and commitment to public education, um, the school board and activism around education were the places where I felt I could contribute best. I became involved in a number of community organizations, community and schools together, working on referenda in state organizations such as the Wisconsin Alliance for Excellent Schools, working on full funding for our schools, and eventually ran for school board. I've served on the school board for almost six years now, and I've brought there not only my knowledge and skills and passion and commitment, but um, I've also learned on the school board. And I think that the six years of experience have taught me very well what the district is doing well, and what the district needs to work on and I think we're at a place now where um, we've made some progress and some things have improved but in order to take to the next step uh, we have to address some issues of trust and uh, community building.
0: The achievement gap between white students and students of color is a chronic problem that MMSD has struggled with for a long time what of the superintendent's priorities for narrowing the gap do you support and what do you believe should be the board's priorities
1: i think the board's priorities and the superintendent's priorities should um, coincide on bringing our communities voices into the problems and bringing our uh, staff to the fore with it um, we need to bring the whole community together we need to explore our differences but we also need to Uh, find our common ground, and our common ground is that we want the best for all of our children. Um, I think that part of this involves the knowledge and uh, viewpoints of our community, but much of it also involves um, enhancing the opportunities of our frontline staff, our our classroom staff, to address the problems that are before them every day. We can look at things in the abstract and talk about uh, gaps in opportunity and gaps in achievement, But it is the teachers in our classrooms who know the needs of their students best. And so I think that in order to make further progress, um, we need to listen to their voices. And we need to find ways for them to participate more fully in decision-making at all levels of the district.
0: A personalized pathways program is being implemented and promoted in the MMSD as one way to open educational opportunities for students of color and to help close the achievement gap. What do you see as the strengths and weaknesses of the program as it is currently structured?
1: I think the strengths are that what we've heard from feedback from parents very strongly and from our staff is that it allows for collaborative work among the staff in um, doing cross-disciplinary things. Uh, we have um, cohorts which work very well for students in, in building the communities and getting to know each other and getting to know their teachers in, in, um, in more rich ways. Uh, and so we've seen those as, as being very, very, very positive aspects. Those aren't necessarily um, tied to Pathways, but Pathways has expanded those in our, in our schools. I think um, the weaknesses are that, number one, it's not for everybody that there are students who thrive in a traditional school and that there are students who, um, and the pathways in, inevitably will narrow the choices for other classes, um, the flexibility students have, and what we've seen, we've seen that students have to make hard choices if they're in avid in pathways and they wanna take multiple foreign languages or they wanna participate in a CNA program, um, that they've had to make difficult choices. And some of our richest courses um, are electives that, that that are that both you know in the arts and and but also in core academic areas, and inevitably those choices will narrow if pathways expands to wall to wall pathways. So I think that we and the final thing I think on weaknesses is that I think that we're um, moving too fast. We've seen some very very initial positive and some um, kind of questionable results from the first year, um, but. I think it's much 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 too early to say that this has been a success or a failure so I think that uh, the expansion has been too fast.
0: Staff use of racial slurs has recently emerged as a significant personnel issue in the Madison schools. How should this issue be addressed throughout the district?
1: I think some of the things we're doing with uh, professional development um, what at one time were called courageous conversations and uh, building awareness and communication around um, differences and hate speech and related things are very important and need to continue and need to target um, better. I think that also that we need to understand that there needs to be due process in in these cases and I think that in some ways um, that hasn't happened. And I think that our commitment to restorative justice needs to also be expanded um, to this area. Uh, The instances vary greatly. The public reports and the rumors um, sometimes don't match the reality. There's no excuse um, for using these in those contexts. I also would have to add that uh, when we say that there is no context when these words can exist in our schools, I think of all the rich music and literature and things that... um, that closes us off to, we can't read James Baldwin, we can't listen to SISTone, we can't teach hip-hop if this word has no place in our, dist- in, in our district. So I think that we have to take perhaps a more sophisticated approach um, to it, but there's no, you know, that, that condemning the use of that language as in, in, in how it has been used in some instances is, um, has been, and opening up the conversation has been good, but I think we need to approach it with a little more complexity.
0: School safety is a hot-button issue across the country. How do you look at the issue of school safety, and what is the school board's role in addressing it? Um,
1: Two very good questions. Uh, I think school safety begins with um, trusting relationships and knowledge of students and uh, supporting their social, emotional, and mental health needs, having them have a sense of belonging, uh, and all those are the most important things for school safety. Um, in recent years, we've made tremendous investments in, uh, in our entrance ways to make them more visible in cameras and buzzer systems and things like that. Recently, we also made uh, a close to, six m- close to $7 million investment, or we will be making in the course of the next year. We committed to it in new door locks, um, electronic door locks, and I think that that was I, I think that new door locks, in many places, was justified. But there were was a two or three million or $4 half million dollar version of that that I um, tried to get through the board. I tried to change that, and I failed in doing it. I think an overinvestment in hardening our schools um, at when we have budget issues and we have people whose taxes are. Uh, are being taxed out of their homes and things, I think it was an overinvestment. Um, beyond that, when we talk about safety in terms of emotional safety, we've been working with the behavior education plan and, and physical safety um, for coming up on four and a half years now. and We've made tremendous investments in that, but we still don't have it right. Um, and I think in the day-to-day sense that, that, that continuing to work on that and continuing to evaluate what we're doing well and what we aren't doing well is um, important. last, I'll add that I think that investments in our behavioral and mental health partnerships have been very, very uh, positive, and we've been put the board, myself and others have been pushing to expand those at a more rapid pace than currently is going on.
0: What do you identify as the biggest budget issues for the school district in 2019, and going forward, how do you propose the board address them?
1: 2019 budget won't be too bad. Um, 2020, 2021, um, have some real gaps that, that will occur. And one of the reasons I'm running again is because I think my experience, uh, working th- on school budgets for the last five years as we come to those difficult choices is very important to know what's worked and what hasn't, to know what, what, where, um, where programs have been added that we need to take another look at. Uh, one of our budget, bigg- our biggest one will be with, um, employee compensation and how we, uh, deal with cost of living raises, and I think that a base wage cost of living rate, rate um, to to just have people keep pace with inflation in addition to the other, uh, addition, uh, other compensations that they've earned th- either through longevity or through um, acquiring greater credentials, I think that's important. Um, I think that we need to do some strong program evaluation and stop some of the things that, that aren't working, phase out programs that um, we've, been, we've invested in, and uh, some of them have worked, and we should be expanding those. But there's others where the results have not been terribly um, terribly cost-effective. And so I think we have to look at that. I think we also have to look at we've expanded greatly positions called non-union professionals who are someplace, be- um, and we've expanded, we've doubled them in the last five years. I think we have to look at the work that those people are doing and see how crucial it is to our schools. I think we need to invest in the classrooms, um, and, and everything that's further from the classroom, we need to look at with great scrutiny.
0: How do you envision keeping up with multiple constituencies, including students, parents, teachers, administrators, and the taxpayers who are not a part of these other groups, but to whom you must answer?
1: Um, I've tried to be very accessible and I've got five years of experience in doing this. Um, I'm very, very uh, proud of the communications that um, I get on a very regular basis, particularly those from our classroom staff. I have trusting relationships with them. Um, They will uh, Call it, it, it. Call it. Seems like that four four thirty is the phone starts ringing off the hook with particularly classroom staff, but also been very open to parents. Things like changing middle school start times was something I worked with parent and community groups with. Things like special education funding and, and staffing is something that I've worked um, widely with parents and students with. I spent a day, uh, well, an afternoon at Simpson Street pre- Free Press recently, and um, you know, talking with those students was just great.
0: What would you like to say to the viewing audience as we complete this interview?
1: I'd like to build on the last question and say that I think that we need greater involvement. We need greater openness in how we run our schools. At every level, we need to bring in people for shared decision-making, and I'm committed to that, and um, I hope I have your support in that effort.
0: Well, I want to thank T.J. Mertz for speaking with us and the viewing audience for taking the time to know your candidates. As with every election, please vote. On behalf of the Madison City Channel and the League of Women Voters of Dane County, I thank you for joining us.